0: 2020 podcast. What? It's a 2020 podcast. What? It's
1: 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this is the 20 by 20 podcast. And we are your host,
2: Nathan McFlot. It's the Young King. Nigga with Witcher, man. Shout out to the Rojo. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of the Rojo.
1: A little bit of the Reno Tinto.
2: Yeah, Knott's came through with the red today, so we fancy.
1: You know, I got my fancy Yankee cup. (laughs) It's a limited edition. They already know. And, uh, yeah, who else? We shouting out? Oh, we certainly shouting out the nation of domination. Yeah, baby. There we go. There we go. How's everybody feeling? Real quick. Oh, talk to me.
2: I think Keith Lee should bring back the nation of domination, man. <laughs> yo, Keith Lee could do it. With Bad New, Bad New Brown son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where Bad New Brown son just needs that one spot with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and <laughs> and he We don't even man. know if he had
1: a son. We're just talking shit. But yeah, man, what's going on, world? How's everybody doing? We hope everybody's doing wonderful this week. Of course, just like every week, there is an immense amount of pro wrestling going on at the moment. We're just going to give you our take on what we see going on and what we see as important in professional wrestling. We're
2: just going to talk our shit.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk our shit, exactly. So what's going on, G? How's everything? Good man. Once again,
2: shout out to the homie A hey. Alexander the Great, you know what I'm saying? Now niggas wanna be a part of the wrong crowd. I'm like, I don't even know if this is like a real thing. Niggas like, yo, I'm trying to be down with the wrong crowd with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Ooh." laughs> but nah man, everything's you know, everything is good, man. Just holiday season. Yeah, you know
1: holiday saying? season is approaching, the so pockets are thin.
2: Pockets are thin, but trying to take <laughs> it easy at work and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things just things is smooth this month. So I'm always I'm always grateful for, it for December and the holidays.
1: Definitely. And uh I love this time of year as well. Not only the holidays, but it's the fourth quarter in the music industry. We just get bombarded with new music, which I love, and we're getting a lot of new things from artists that like either we grew up with or we just like at the moment as well. I mean, we got we got some stuff from Fat Joe coming out. We got the Family Ties album. Yo, it came out, and I'm I'm a I'm gonna go on
2: record because this is the record. Yeah. And I'm gonna go on it, and I'm gonna say that that Family Ties album, that shit is pretty fire, man. I can't front, bro. That the, the production, production is crazy. On the album is
1: crazy. crazy, crazy, crazy.
2: I don't know how the fuck Eminem got off a a fucking uh a mariah carey and uh, reference and, and what's homie's name nah, nick nah, cannon a nick cannon not nah, he, he went in movie. on him but like he dissed them on a song called like, like 15 Lord of years Up. later but like i'm saying <laughs> like. like everybody's getting in their soulful bag because the beat is fucking <laughs> yeah beautiful. the
1: beat is beautiful yeah eminem definitely.
2: is eminem is still beefing with mariah carey's 2019 damn but that
1: album was dope um Max B dropped the album I haven't I haven't gotten and heard that. Let me just yet. say something. One thing I really liked about that Max B album, I mean, in total it's it's dope. But I just love the fact that they got features from people that actually not only fuck with Max B, but look at him as like, you know, as like somebody they looked up to coming into the music game. You know what I'm saying? Like Wiz Wiz is one of the first people I ever heard of Call Max be a legend, like yo. If it wasn't for Max, you know a lot of shit wouldn't be out right now.
2: Now hold on, now let me just let me just add some context to that because I, right. I remember that, and it was because like a couple rappers.
1: No, it's more than one. They try yeah. Try to
2: run with the whole wave. Yeah. Like, the wavy. Yes. And that is like 100% Max B. Of course. So obviously you gotta pay that homage if you're gonna run around calling yourself the wave or saying shit is wavy you always got to pay homage to max. Kanye had to do it, but I appreciate that they did it. It's dope of course, that they did it. Definitely. They definitely got to like they got to do that like if they're going to run with that. Yeah. But I'm excited, you know, but as a, like a hardcore Max B fan like who loved like the mumble rap. Yeah. You didn't understand like 60% of what Max was saying and he was harmonizing and my son he can sing, but he can't sing <laughs> <type shit. laughs> like, and it's 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 definitely a, an acquired taste, and man, I'm a, I'm a huge Max fan, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, I mean, like
1: he got songs with A Boogie. Yeah, you I know what that. I'm saying. So uh, I've seen Jada Kiss, Jada Kiss, Dave East, um, Cameron's on it as well. Yeah, I've seen Cam. Five, five, five. I mean, we also got, and this is stuff that he recorded in jail. Yeah. <sighs> Why not?
2: Nah, why not? That's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Like, like you can literally drop a fucking album from jail. Shit, that's crazy. That's fucking
1: amazing. That's 2019 shit right there for That's you. amazing, man. Shout out to Max B, the yeah. one. Hopefully Crocker, come out soon. Super Surfer. Charlie Rambo. Word, word. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, Shout out, also, out to LP
2: and Mr. Scheiss. Yes, yes, out. yes.
1: Shout out to LP and Mr. Scheiss. Shout for out that. to
2: fucking Greenhouse Fridays, <laughs>
1: Podcast
2: <laughs> Wednesdays. You know what I'm saying? 35th half Parsons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> RIP Mr. Blount. You know, all that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, All that. Said showing Mr. Blount. Love, we showing love today. we showing word, love. Word, word, word. I mean, uh, Fab also Fab came out with a nice joint. Have you heard it yet?
2: Uh, I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. It's pretty good. I <clears throat> like, mean, I'm honestly waiting for Fab to give me some. Fabulous sport? Nah, man. And nah, I'm trying to hear like some grown man Fab. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fab is always going to like be able to rap fly and make it sound good. Yeah. But 20 years later, 20 plus years later, like, I'm not just trying to hear another. I'm fresh. Getting to the bag type shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me know what you're going through. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, give me some grown... I mean, you don't got to go all crazy and give me like a fucking Jay-Z. Like a detailed... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but give me give me something, bro. You know? So, I'm going to check it out. I mean, I don't know if that type of music is on there. The shit that I'm hearing right now is not that. But let's see what happens, man. Like, I'm... You know, I fucked with Fab, but... I'm
1: I'm old, man. <laughs> you want to hear something different. You want to hear something different. You don't want to hear what you heard when you were 23. Like, Jada Kiss in 2019, shout out to
2: Jada, man, but <laughs> it's 2019, bro. Like, Money, Power, Respect, how old was that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was yeah. a long time ago. Like, yeah, we
1: talking like 23 years ago.
2: I'm, I would love to hear like a, a Jada album like that too, like. It's so a lot of niggas who I want to hear grown up albums from, but I'm not even gonna get into all that right now. Like, so I, I could talk about hip hop all day,
1: all day, all day. But you know, we're about that here at the twenty by twenty. We're about hip hop and wrestling. So you know, we just kind of merge merge the lines and let you see the parallels in between it. But anyways, <laughs> back to what we're gonna talk about, which is pro wrestling and. It starts off on Monday. So, on Monday, I seen Drew McIntyre. He had a really good match with Akira Tozawa. You know, Akira Tozawa, I seen, like, what they're doing with the Cruiserweights now. They're not burying them, but they're using them as enhancement talent for the talents that they have on the main roster, which I don't find, I don't find, like, as, like, a putting them a grade down of what they are. I mean, Vince McMahon probably sees it as, you know, you're a cruiserweight. How, how the hell are you going to beat a heavyweight? So it's just like, it's like kind of like a mind play, a mind trick right there. Okay. And Drew McIntyre says something, something that stuck to me while he was on the microphone. He, he started talking about stuff that he's actually been talking about on different podcasts, different interviews on how he sees the, the locker room now. And he kind of compared it to the NXT locker room, saying that in NXT, he's seen the fire, he's seen the will and wanting to get better and wanting to be the best, but he doesn't see that within the main roster locker room. I mean, this is me just just saying, you know, get, getting from what he was trying to say, but with a quote that he said back in April, he said, I can look around it now and see people who have lost perspective. There's perhaps They're perhaps tweeting about how they're upset, How the the lack of opportunity instead of bettering themselves or working harder outside of the ring, they're clearly not going to the gym and they don't have the fire anymore. And I understand it because I was there and I can spot it because I was that guy. So he's saying that from his own perspective. I mean, he was like he said, he was that guy. He got fired from WWE a couple years back, went and found himself again within the Indies and in Europe and the Indies and in, in, in the States. Build himself back up to this character he has now of the the Scottish psychopath, and he's looking way better in the ring. He's more flawless in the ring. He's looking like the person that Vince McMahon at one point gave him the nickname within his gimmick as the chosen one so i mean if he's talking about it from experience i feel like it's not him talking shit about the locker room he just sees what people are doing when you know he was doing that those 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 type of things so my thing is with that being said what do you think that these guys are not being given the opportunity or do you think they're just becoming complacent in where they where they are in the main roster and they just like just getting paid and they just like that's it fuck it that is what it is. <clears throat> I mean you need some of those
2: guys anyway to just be those guys wrestling doing them. But again man I get what he's saying like I mean he didn't he I don't know if he mentioned like the whole social media thing.
1: Yeah he did. Alright talking so- about how like you know they're just they they're tweeting he well he said it live on on TV too how they they're talking about that. You know, like he said, this is one thing he said. If they have an issue with somebody, they go straight to social media and start complaining. And the locker room is becoming cryptic. Like, if they got a problem with somebody, they just don't act somebody. They just throw out subliminals. Like, yo, if you got something to say, say it. But if you got something to say about your job, do something about it before you go and blast it out.
2: Exactly. I mean, if you listen to the last 20 fucking podcasts, we've <laughs> been saying the same shit. And... You know, it's dope to come from him. I mean, I, I get what he's saying, but my question to you is... What's up? What do you do with him? Where, where does
1: he go from here? Well, now it's looking like he's having a segment with Randy Orton, but then it also looks like Randy Orton is having a segment with AJ Styles. What I think they should do with him is what I'm pretty sure everybody else has been thinking since he got back. Build him up to be that guy. Build him up to be that champ. Because like when he held the NXT Championship... He was that guy. Like, you've you seen him come to the ring with that belt around his waist, and you're like, yo, this is a champion. Like, he has, like, that aura about him. Right. And he's good on the mic. He knows how to talk his <clears throat> shit, and then his accent makes it sound even better. Again, man, I got to see more. I got to see more. I feel like I feel like he's ready for that. <clears throat> I feel like he's ready for that main, that main event push. Hopefully, they'll give it to him. And in case in point, like, just like what you know, like what I was just saying about you know the stars being complacent or them not getting given opportunities, I feel like they are given opportunities. And Alistair Black is one who's given an opportunity with not the best type of uh, storyline gimmick, whatever you want to call it, of somebody knocking on his door. But you know what? He's working with it, trying to make it something, and he's transitioning from that right now. Now you're starting to see him more in the ring. Now you're starting to see him with. Quality talent and actually doing doing business in the ring. Come on, knock on my door. Come on, knock on my door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for
2: you. I know he's happy. He's not on the NXT no more because he probably would have got buried there too because his man talent going on over there through his company too. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: like I, yo, but, I, Alistair Black. <clears throat> you know I, not a big fan of his. Okay. I think he's dope in the ring. Um, but I think he's gonna need to be somebody that latches on okay. to another wrestler. You know what I'm saying? For instance, like if he were to join like Bray Wyatt and what he's doing, that'll be dope. You know what I'm saying? Like his, his, just him playing the second man in the role.
1: Yeah, he can get that all. So you think he can't be the main dude in what he's doing at the moment?
2: I mean, honestly, they they've been trying to build that come on, knock on my door, three's company, um, gimmick. And it's alright, but it's not really going
1: nowhere. Cause I think they're they're overdoing it. Like at first, it was cool, especially when the first person that was seen knocking on his door was Cesaro. So after that, if there was one other person, but when I'm saying it's not doing
2: something, I mean it's not big enough
1: to put them in the main in the main you picture. But, you gotta, right now. but what I'm trying to say is, I understand what you're saying, but like. With that, you got to learn how to maneuver that and make it into something. I feel like that's what he's trying to do at the moment. And by him getting into the ring more often and people seeing who he is and just him looking for the fight, coming to the ring and waiting for niggas to show up, see who's coming to the ring next, like, that's going to that's gonna make the character move forward. How long has been doing that? With the whole knocking on my door joint? I'll say probably, like, easily a couple of months. Like, ever since they, I think, did the draft... I would say, and they separated him from Ricochet because him and Ricochet was tag teaming a lot.
2: No, nah, I felt like it was well before that. Yeah, because
1: him and Ricochet was tag teaming a lot. I remember, probably like six months now. Yeah, you could say, right? Like about yeah, about six months or so. Yeah, definitely.
2: he's another one. Let's let's see what happens. I mean, he beat Tony Nese. Ooh, like
0: a cruiserweight
1: champ. But you know, it is what it is. But you know, these two. The, all right, so these two explanations right there. Drew McIntyre and Aleister Black. Positioning them well, I think, would be better. Especially if you're trying to grow, not only hometown, but just trying to grow stars again. They'd be positioned good for a guy like Brock. I'll get into Brock Lesnar right now. Now we're we're hearing that. The two people they got in mind, not saying those are the only two people there, but the two people they have in mind right now in order to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36 is Cain Velasquez again for a rubber match and then Tyson Fury. My my problem with this is maybe it's just me looking at it as a fan, it's like, all right, cool. He just Yeah, it's bullshit. He just beat Cain Velasquez in about five minutes. Cain Velasquez went into that match hurt already. He he already needed knee surgery. So I guess that's why they ended it that quickly. Tyson Fury, on the other hand, is like, all right, why? Like, the shit makes no sense, one. Maybe because there's no build, there's no story for it right now, but it makes absolutely no sense. Like, you're going to have the guy that's holding the main title, the WWE Championship, go into WrestleMania and defend it against guys who haven't done anything. Anything storyline or within professional wrestling in order to garner a title shot? Like, I agree. You know, like I, I'm the way I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, remember when Roy Rumble is like the Royal Rumble winner gets to pick right now, he gets to pick who he wants to face, which which main title he wants. It's like whatever happened to that, why can't somebody pick to face Brock? Or why not have uh Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black go on some streets and call out Brock Lesnar. Have him a, have, have them for the Rumble. Have them for WrestleMania. You know, like why not build towards that? What happened to Building?
2: I'm telling you, I think that smashing Brock Lesnar's sister would be a dope storyline. <laughs> and <laughs> does he have a sister? It doesn't matter. He can kayfabe fake sister, or whatever. <laughs> Shoot, sister. I don't yo a fake ass sister. <laughs> but Brock is like so upset because one of the one of the fellas is laying the uh, laying the, the iron... big
1: Valboski. <laughs> <laughs> laying
2: the iron bars to her. Bro. But yeah, like I don't know, man. Like <clears throat> Brock is like he's such a fucking draw, man. You know, he's such like he he commands so much respect as far as a champion. You know, like, I see Bray Wyatt doing that as well, like, giving some fucking meaning to these titles. Yeah. But he needs to be a fucking, he needs to be more involved. He needs to be, like, out there more. Like, this whole Disappearance shit, shit is corny, bro. All whole shit? Yeah, shit is corny, man. Shit is corny. When was the last, I haven't seen him, when, when was the last time he came out? Who? Brock.
1: Oh, well, right now they even they even put it out, I think it was like a week or two ago, that uh, he won't be seen on TV until January. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's him. That's him pulling his card, like saying like, yo, I'm that nigga and that's it. And I get it and I respect it.
2: But it's still you gotta fucking be on TV. wack. Yeah, no, it's definitely wild. It's still fucking corny.
1: Definitely, it still doesn't. It still doesn't help the situation. But what I think, Brock, I think he's getting to the point in his career where he needs to make somebody. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, there's talent there to make. You you got to get this nigga on board to want to make the talent. And you got to be involved. You got to be yeah. out there every fucking week. The
2: Rock was out there every week. Stone Cold was out there every week. Like. These niggas is out there every fucking week. Like, if you want to be that top guy, John Cena is out there every week. If you want to be that top guy, you got to be out there every fucking
1: week. Yeah, like, look, the top title right now on Monday Night Raw is the U.S. title, which I don't mind because you can have some great matches as what they've been having with that U.S. title. But you got to see that main title, man. You got to see that, like, the creme of the creme. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to see it, because if not, then what's that title there for? Why put it on a part-timer then? Yeah. He needs to make somebody. I just feel like he really does. Is there anything else that you've seen on uh
2: I was going to say, before we get off Raw, there was a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me. Eric Rowan? What's up with that guy? I
1: don't know what the fuck he's talking to, bro.
2: Like, um, I feel like they, they're really trying to give him a push. Yeah, They're trying to do something with him, but it's kind of like they have him. Who did he fight? He fought like some. Or some Tarantara nigga. Yeah. Yeah. He fought. What was What was dude's name? Let me look up dude's name real quick. This is nasty. No way, oh, Jose. Oh. All right, so my my, my my Dominican brother. Yeah. He hit him, he hit him with <laughs> he hit him with two of those skull slams or whatever.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and what's the whole story with the whole what's in the cage shit? Like, how did that come about? Do you know? That
1: that came was? out of nowhere. Like he just showed up on a promo, he, like oh, on a promo, hey, how are you? Oh my god, you're so pretty. Oh look at you, like I'm And then everybody's like, "What's in the cage?" <laughs> so it's supposed to be like some like mysterious thing in the cage. Like I think it's, they should just bad, make it.
2: It's bad news, brown. It's bad news, Browns. New York City sewer <laughs> <rap>? It's fucking <laughs> possum.
1: It's not. It's not a bunny. He just caught somewhere. Imagine it's just like a white bunny. That would be nasty. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, so um, that's that's probably about it from
1: from Raw. Raw oh, but there. hold on, now one thing that I've seen is Samoa Joe on commentary, and it's just giving me these these crazy Taz vibes, bro. Like when Taz first appeared in WWE. He appeared to, like, an amazing pop from the Madison Square Garden crowd. Of course, you know, he's from New York. Everybody know who he is. Brooklyn, ECW, All that shit. Suplex exactly. Machine. You know what I'm saying? Loses to Kurt Angle. Whatever. But even though Samoa Joe has had a better run, you could say, within the main roster than Taz because he's held the U.S. title, had... A decisive winning match against a legend and Rey Mysterio to win the U.S. title. It was still kind of flaky looking, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like if they they did a whole lot of back and forth momentum with him. I know he was injured here, injured there, but they never really give him that extra push that we wanted to see that he got at NXT. And now that they put him on commentary and they put out already a notice saying that. He's going to stay on commentary until further further notice, basically, because Deion Madden is trying to get his wrestling feet back under him. I'm like, fuck, man. We're never going to see this motherfucker in the ring again, bro. I mean, where would you fit him right now? Like,
2: even before he he came out, he was kind of like, once he lost the belt, it was kind of like, what do you do with him? I just kind of got lost for
1: a second. I understand that, but... There's there's like there's times when like if you have that talent and you have him for for a certain period let's say cuz he's not young. Homie like 40 years old already. Okay. He's not young. <clears throat> Use him for the time that you have him. You could always have him on commentary. Yeah, I get, I get what you're know you you saying. Mean. Use him for the time that you have him. And you got younger stars you need to build. Like they don't have to go straight into a title picture. You have a guy ready and willing Great on the mic. When he throws promos, the shit is straight fire at whoever. He's mean. His mic game is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Pause. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, his promos is is insane. But it's like, why not not use that to build into something? And then he could be, just like I said about Brock Lesnar, he could be somebody that could make somebody else. And then when you think that he ain't got it anymore, put him on commentary. Because even on commentary, the way he just calls matches, like, it, it keeps you, like, you watching at home, it keeps you intrigued. You and know that, what I'm saying? And that's why they got him doing it. But, but, but yo, my man, you could you could do that shit,
2: like, later down on the line, man.
0: Well,
2: if and when he, he comes back, I mean, right now he's more relevant than he probably would have been if he was wrestling right now. You I mean think it's, so? It's just a lot going on, man. It's a lot of other dudes you're trying to build up right now. I'm not saying, I mean, it's Samoa Joe. I'm not trying to take nothing away from him, but I do feel like what he's doing right now. So, you know, he's good. He's chilling. Like,
1: he'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully. But I feel like he's gonna just stay in that chair and gain gain even more weight. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> just keep it at that. And uh let's move into Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. One thing that stuck out to me about Wednesday, and I'm gonna start off with NXT is the rise of Keith Lee.
2: R-E-S-P-E, Keith Lee. Word that Find out what it means, Keith Lee.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Take care of Keith, Keith Lee. <laughs> sock it to me, sock it to me, sock it to me. Don't bury him, bury him, bury <laughs> him, bury him. Bury him. <laughs> Yo,
2: asking somebody to sock it to you is fucking nasty. <laughs> Yo, sock it to me. <laughs> Yo, nobody ever sock it to me. I want nobody ever socking it to me.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like ever since Survivor Series weekend, he's been on the uptick, man. Like he's been on a rise within NXT, and I could see them little by little trying to push him into that main event platform. And he's becoming a memeable wrestler. Like well, he fucking threw Adam Cole into Brooklyn from from fucking Florida yep. the way he bum rushed him. He he had another memeable moment with Finn Balor, the way he looked at him. Yo, he looks just like the Incredible Hulk, my nigga. He looks just like that nigga, bro. Especially when he puts that math face, Hulk mad.
2: I mean, that's my
1: Yo, I, I talk, yo.
2: That's my gut brother right
1: there. <laughs> Word, B. He making us fat niggas look good out here, B. Like he
2: definitely got that power pause. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like he said like he's the most viral gift right now exactly and i'm loving how you know they have him doing a promo with undisputed era and then he's just looking at the titles he's like damn which one am i gonna go for because like he's now now he's feeling himself for sure you know what i'm saying you, you can see that in the way he's talking like he's feeling himself he's like i could go after any one of these little niggas over here be that nigga's some little niggas over here, bro. He's making moments. But you know what was funny? How uh, Roderick Strong was hiding his, his uh, North American title under the tag title because Bobby Fish wasn't there because he's out to injury, so he's holding the tag title with um, mm. with Homie. And then he fucking put the tag title right over the, <laughs> the North American title. Like, oh, uh, he don't see that. He's not yeah. going for that. <laughs> you know. I think he'll take that one. I think I think that's the more logical move because that that's what the mid card title is for is is to build that talent up in order to get to that main that main title that main goal and make it mean something. That's what the Intercontinental title was about before, man. Right. That was the working man's title, as well, as they would once say. Like this was the title that was going to propel you in order to go for that main championship title. I mean, it's not seen like that now. It's just seen like as a a belt, you know what I'm saying? Just whatever it is. They just got to make it mean more. But I feel like the North American title within NXT means something. Because people are holding and having fantastic matches. Well, people holding any belt in NXT right now are having fucking phenomenal matches in itself and its own. So I feel that Keith Lee and this right here is going to be my hot take for the beginning of the year. Uh Uh-oh. Keith Lee will enter the Royal Rumble. He's going to enter around number, I would say, 9 through 12. And that motherfucker's going to throw out about 10 to 12 fucking people. I'm saying people because maybe one of them is going to be Nia Jax.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he's going to throw
1: out. He's going to have that Diesel moment. He's going to have that Diesel spaz. some would say. The spot where you get the most highlight, you throw out the most people, that's going to be him. I'm telling you, he's going to stick into the Rumble for about 25 minutes and they get thrown out by like seven different dudes. That's what's going to happen. Dope, dope, dope. I see that happening. I mean, I feel like they just got to ride that momentum, that wave of Keith Lee right now. And I feel like that's what they're doing. And that's what's going to go into the new year. Dope.
2: I fucks with Keith Lee. You already know. I mean, yeah, I already yeah. said it. Like, it's
1: the Fat Niggas Alliance, baby. You know,
2: I totally agree with you saying. Um, yeah, like I said last week, I just hope they don't fuck it up. I hope so, too. And they're man. not. Right now, like, it's looking really good, so. And he's about to have a triple threat match with uh, Finn Balor and...
1: And uh, Tommaso Ciampa. That's gonna be fire. That's what I'm saying. They putting them in little by that's little into fire. that main, that main event platform, baby. Gonna that's fire. gonna be dope. Imagine the shit that he could do with those two guys in the ring. Those two seasoned veterans. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna be fire. It's gonna be dope, man. It's gonna be dope. But um that's the thing that really stuck out to me most within NXT. And I can't wait for their next, uh, I think it's December 18th. I think in two weeks they got a real big NXT show coming up where they got a whole bunch of titles coming and being defended. the The women's title, the the main title, NXT Championship. Whoever wins that triple threat is gonna is gonna face Adam Cole. They got they got a lot of stuff coming. It's gonna be great. <clears throat> but about AEW, AEW we're actually getting more of. Sorry about that. Storytelling about Triple B. The, the I was about to say Benny the Butcher. But <laughs> the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Oh! Now geez. we see where they came from. MJF hired them three to attack Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes out, gives a hell of a promo once again, but there's something that I cannot let go. He's taking so many shots at NXT. Not even NXT, just WWE as a whole. He's always gonna take a shot. Why not? Always going I mean, they take a shot on their new commercial.
2: I mean, you know, like his promos are from a perspective like of actual Cody Rhodes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's talking about his real life and what's really going on around him. Yeah. So I can definitely see him cutting ass on um WWE
1: every chance he gets. Okay. There's something out there that um mm-hmm well we'll we'll get into that as we go along with a e w but what 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 did you like about AEW? like what did you see that really caught your eye about the about this yeah, one this past wednesday
2: to get back on that uh on those uh on on the story that's building up between maxwell and, and, and um, cody and the roller coaster and the ro- <laughs> um <laughs> the roller coaster <laughs> like i i honestly like the build up they're doing with n j f okay i like They're trying to make him, like, the villain now. Like, and he's taking it to, like, the boss villainy. So, he got, like, homie behind him. You know what I'm saying? promo. He had the ring. He was kissing the ring. You know what I'm saying? Talking his shit. Talking about how he got money. He hired these people. You know what I'm saying? So, it's setting up to be a situation where they, um... What's his name? Cody's definitely going to have to get through the Triple Bs before... He uh,
1: even thinks about, thinks going, about toward, wrestling with, going towards MJF. MJF, and
2: yeah. MJF already has somebody else lined up before he's going to the Triple B. So we're probably not going to see MJF and Cody for a minute. But that's dope. But I think it's pretty dope because that,
1: that's a build right there. It's a
2: dope. I like. I like. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just a call out. Like something happened. So like they're taking this storyline from from when MJF flipped. Even before that, from when they were friends, like the yeah. whole build up to the flip, and then now what's happening afterwards is just—it's
1: that classic shit, yeah, man. Exactly it's that, it's that
2: classic. that—that's
1: that storybook telling that <clears throat> a lot of fans really like. You know, because they're gonna be intrigued. They're gonna go and and tune in every Wednesday and see what's next, what's going on. Even if you don't see it for two, three weeks, and then out of nowhere you get a little piece of that story again. It's gonna just keep on, like you know, getting the viewers to want to see more and more and more. Now you have other variables within that story. Now you got the 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 butcher, the blade, and the bunny within the story. And then you know, Cody Rhodes called out the people he came into this uh, company with. He like, called you know, out his wife. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, my wife running around crazy right now. Like, what the fuck is she doing?" Cutting off ponytails, looking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then. Talking about her wife, this is something that WWE already had in mind before her being Awesome Kong's manager. But then they nixed the idea. They they, they felt like it wasn't going to be anything. Hmm. So a lot of people like even like you know within social media, and I was like, maybe she's trying to like stick it to WWE and show them like, yo, this could have been something. This could worked. You know That's what dope. I mean? That's dope.
2: That's dope.
1: I like that. Like I I just feel like there's a lot of subliminals and then. Getting at WWE, I just feel like they just need to run their product and make it something. That's it. To me, AEW is still fairly new, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people is like, Oh, but they don't got this, they don't got that. Yo, they keep doing this. We see botches here and there, bam, 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 bam. But you got to understand, they are fairly new and not for nothing. They had a successful first year and not even a full year if you think about it, because they-, they debuted it in October, so it's not even a full year. Within the last couple of months of the year, if you want to date back to even before the before the start of AEW, if you want to date back to August for all out, like what they've been doing, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. They're giving us really good matches. I just feel like they need to build their mid-card. Cause I feel like they have no no structure yet, but that's gonna come with time. Cause then you're gonna see who's your main card, people. Who's your mid card people, and who could be your enhancement talent or jobbers? I mean, everything is gonna come in
2: time. Yes,
1: you know exactly, I mean? like, exactly.
2: And you know, I know they had a lot of ideas and ways in which they was gonna go about running this this uh, company. You know, with the whole like um, your record meaning something, mm-hmm. and that, and that,
1: and they wanted to be more sports based. Yeah, and
2: and, and your based on your record, you'll get title shots and shit like that. But we can see like how that's not really working out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because... To a certain because... Isn't Jungle Boy like 0-5? Yeah,
1: but the thing is, he's. I don't think it's going to be a, a title shot. I think it's a non-title match. Because they never said it was for the title. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All but right. that that's my thing. Building a mid-card, you'll have people work up to ha- getting that title shot. Oh, no, you hold indeed. that mid-card No, belt. indeed. Yeah.
2: I, and I totally agree with that, but... What I'm saying is like, and I agree that they need to do that. They need to establish that. Yeah. But, like, I, I just mean like everything that they have planned. A lot of things are coming
1: into fruition, and, and yeah. it's happened. But some are not working.
2: Yeah. And their new company, like you said, they they're starting Trial to get error. Their shit together. Trial and error. Exactly. I don't take away from nothing that they're doing. I I actually feel like it's it's still the better show for me between NXT and 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 them. Um, I really feel like. AEW has been to me again the better show. Okay. Cause Jericho's draw, the inner circle draw, and like what's going on with Cody and MJF right now, that's that's a lot of draw. You got Moxley in there. That's you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of things going on. So, you know, AEW does have my eye on right now.
1: <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. All right. I mean, for me, it's 50-50 because I'm just loving everything that's really going on at the moment. Like, within both companies, like, I'm, I'm following the Cruiserweight storyline between Garza and Leo Rush, which is pretty dope. Like, they've been having fucking amazing matches. I, I've been following um, something else on NXT, how they're building their young talent with Cameron Grimes and Isaiah Scott. Uh, and then you go back to AEW. And what they're doing with Joey Janela, how they're trying to build him into this person. is trying to get the respect of wrestlers <clears throat> because everybody's saying that he's not a wrestler. He's just a stunt man. That's all they call him. They call him a stuntman because he be doing stupid shit in the ring.
2: He's the 2019 Nugget. I <laughs> Nugget.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know Moxley getting to be his own self again. And uh Cody showing that he can be a main event caliber type of athlete and talent for a company. And then you have Jericho letting people know that he can still do this shit. Le Champion. He can still do this shit. You know what I'm saying? And he's doing it at age fifty. He's fucking doing it, bro. Not botching. He's fucking doing it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm fucking with Moxley right now, man. He's giving me Stone Cold Steve Austin vibes. I'm fucking with it, man. Like, just his whole attitude and yeah. just how he's moving. Like, the matches that he's putting on and shit and the beating that he's taking and he's giving. Because I want to say that match between him and uh, Janella was good.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good.
2: And my son, Moxie was really putting it on him. Like, at one point, like, he literally dropped him on his head. Yeah. I don't know what move that was, but I was just like, yo. This nigga oh, that's Moxley. the paradigm
1: shift. That was like the the in the air DDT he does yeah that's. shit yeah, yeah the paradox shift
2: Landing him right on his fucking skull
1: dude so. you saw the other week when he faced Darby Allen he did it from the top rope mm, nah I missed that that shit was crazy Darby Allen's out with a neck injury right now cause of that yeah yo shout out to Moxley
2: man Put, putting the pause on these niggas putting these <laughs> niggas in the hospitals you know like uh, <laughs> like Lil Lux said it's them hospitals for them beds <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Word, yo, that was that was nice. That was nice. Uh, I like that.
2: But uh, but yeah, man. So I'm fucking with with uh, AEW. Yo, I'm
1: just yo. To be honest, we're we're wrapping up 2019. Everybody out there that views our YouTube and listens to our shows, whether it be on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere where you get your podcast, we're gonna do a big 2019 year end episode. Trying to, we're trying to get the whole cast here. Us two, LP, Scheiß, and give our take on 2019. So be on the lookout for that. But I'm really, really interested in what's going to happen with pro wrestling in a whole going into the new year. It's going to be fucking great, man. It's going to be good, man. Great, great. So to end it all off, we got SmackDown. SmackDown was all right. It was actually a little entertaining. It started off entertaining. With uh, with the Miz and the Fiend, yeah, I kind of like where they're going with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the Miz was talking about everything that was happening with Daniel Bryan and the Fiend, and then the Fiend comes up and asks him if he want to play. You know, I'm looking for a new family. Shows a picture of Miz and you know the newborn baby with the wife. And they look good together, man. They look like a beautiful family. Yo, word, right? Yeah, that should look like that. That should look like when you buy a frame and Target. That's like the picture inside the frame when you buy it. For real. You know what I'm saying? Bray Wyatt should be the new Miz. Like, he should take over the Miz's family.
2: (laughs) Bray Wyatt should be like a Dominican dude and just start a new family with... You're a Papa. (laughs) You know Dominican niggas get bored and go start a new family and shit.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, <about> the Miz. <laughs> but um yeah and then you know he got he got Miz a little freaked out with yeah. that so he was talking about you know rushing back home to to be with his family and then he gets caught up by Bray Wyatt, gets put into uh the sister Abigail. And now we're having a match at TLC, the Miz versus Bray Wyatt. Not versus the fiend versus Bray Wyatt. And it's a non-title match. My question to you, my brother, is... Do you like the way they're separating Bray Wyatt from The Fiend? It's interesting. Very interesting. And I, to be honest, I like it. I like it too. It's not being done in a corny way neither. Nope. There's actually, there's actually a story going on with it now. Because, look, everybody was excited to see... What's going on with Daniel Bryan? Because there was so much hair coming out of the ring. It's like he was pulling it, who knows, out of his beard, out of his head. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? And everybody was actually intrigued to go watch SmackDown and see what Daniel Bryan's looking like at the moment. But yet, we get something else. We get a different story with the same person, but his real self, not his alter ego.
2: It's kind of like Bray Wyatt. Is not like the Miz. Normally, it's the fiend that's making Bray Wyatt act like that. But it's like Bray Wyatt himself right now. Like nigga, I don't even like you. Yeah, like, exactly. It's not just the fiend. Like, He's like, I told like, that nigga to take
1: yeah.
2: a day off. <laughs> <laughs> a The fiend. ball back. I got, I got this. this.
1: <laughs>
0: I got this. Word, which man. is
2: dope. And again, the way they booked it and the way it's going down, like, and that was actually a dope observation. Like, I probably wouldn't even really caught that because I don't, I don't know if they spoke about it. Or if they even mention it. I haven't heard what? them mention it. Like, oh, he's fighting Bray Wyatt and not the fiend.
1: Yeah. I mean, they haven't they haven't put it there, but in the graphics for TLC, it says Miz versus Bray Wyatt.
2: I saw that too. But let me ask you this question. So we're not gonna get a red match. No. Mmm. I like this. I like this. I like, like if this. he comes in with his
1: Mr. Rogers uniform, that's that's like insane, this. right? He's there. gonna
2: come out with the blue belt. He's not gonna wear that fucking uh but what seven thousand dollar belt.
1: <laughs> what if he like out of nowhere just changes into the Balenci- Fiend? It's
2: a Balenciaga fucking <laughs> fiend title, seven thousand. My bad, go ahead. Bro. What if
1: he just turns into the fiend out of nowhere during the match? Like I mean, like that that switch goes off.
2: Yeah, if the lights go off, that'll be fire. That I think yo, there's so much shit that
1: you could do with the fiend. That'll be fire. I think that'll be really fucking dope. If
2: they have a lookalike come through with the Fiend mask, oh,
1: that's different. And then the real Fiend come and he's just mad and he just fucks up everybody. That's different. <laughs> um, also, with SmackDown, one thing that I really, really like, besides that segment, is how they formed a new tag team within Chad Gable and Mustafa Ali. I really do hope they keep going with this they looked good together they gelled together well in the ring and they were getting a lot of cheers from the crowd like the crowd were really into them almost winning this match and i would say this i'm gonna say it off top the right move was to go with the revival winning this match Just because of the built chemistry they have right now with the New Day. In the beginning, when it was them versus the New Day, shit looked a little sloppy. It didn't look like they were on cue with things. But within the last two matches they had with New Day, it's starting to look really good. It's starting to look like stuff that the New Day was doing with the Usos. The New Day was doing with Sheamus and Cesaro going back and forth with the tag title picture. And I feel like from here on out, they need to build this tag team at least within, within the ranks of SmackDown, since they're not going to merge the tag team division, which I think they should have done. They need to build this tag team. They need another strong tag team there that could make a statement going into Royal Rumble, going into WrestleMania. Like, guys, you got to understand, we got four months here. Four months with two really big events that they need to really build towards. And I feel like Ali and Gable are is that tag team to build with within the SmackDown roster?
2: I mean, you know, WWF is... WWF. <laughs> WWE is using that formula where, you know, you got two good wrestlers. And, you know, they, they're they good and they're doing their thing, but they're not, like, doing their thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? like, And you want to give them a push. You put them together and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? And, honestly, I, I can't really see them holding the titles. Like, because it's just... I'm not a, I'm not the hugest fan of just two wrestlers coming together and, and being a tag team. But if they gel, and
1: they gel together I mean, well...
2: If they gel, and they gel together well, then I would want there to be like a really steady build. Yeah. And they would have to solidify themselves as a real tag team, not just some shit that's going to happen in the moment. No, and then definitely once, not. Once somebody gets hot, they're going to break the tag team up like they did with Aleister Black... Ricochet. And Ricochet. Like they did with um, your man with the super kick. Ziggler.
1: And, and McIntyre.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like they, they do it. They try it out. Sometimes it works. Like it did for Ricochet. Sometimes it doesn't.
1: But I feel like this is more towards the, the lane of Sheamus and Cesaro. They, that, that was a build there too and that's something that Mick Foley did when he was general manager a couple of years ago he put them in a best of seven and we haven't seen something like that in a while which I really liked they put them in the best of seven they ended in they ended off in a tie and Mick Foley put them as a tag team they grew together as a tag team and little by little you saw them gelling together and being a more cohesive unit like the one thing I love about tag teams is when they have matching gear. You get matching gear. You get the music together. Like everything. Everything looks together as one. And I feel like with them two, you could build that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like with those two, you could really build that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, real quick, you mentioned uh, Sheamus. Yeah. The
2: Celtic Warrior. He's back. The albino rhino <laughs> <laughs> Seen Mohawk. He took his Mohawk off. He let yeah. his sides growing. That's what's up.
1: Yeah, he's looking like Seamus from ten years ago, bro.
2: Yo, like I'm seeing like a bunch of posts. Like every time like he does that promo where you just see his face in the shadows, yeah. ooh, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Like, <laughs> um, you know, like everybody's like seems pretty hyped for his return. Like, what's the hype around him? Like, is he really good? Like, do I really need to go back and and watch his shit like.
1: I would say just for any superstar that's coming back like that that you don't really know the history on, go back and watch it. Cause with Sheamus, and it, and it's funny like Sheamus had world title runs. He held the WWE title. He heard he held the world title when they still had the big gold belt there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: He's held tag team titles like I said with uh with Cesaro. He's held the US title. The one title he hasn't held. If I'm not mistaken and I'm pretty sure about this is the Intercontinental title,
0: okay.
1: And you know, he was somebody that he's that's always been like pushed the fans didn't really like like when he when he held the uh, the WWE championship the last time, I think if I'm not you know what, if I'm not mistaken, Roman Reigns won the title off, ah, damn, I can't even remember right now, bro, or for who, and got it taken away from him from Sheamus. Okay. So, Sheamus kind of joined, uh, I would say, corporation, but, you know, whatever, joined Stephanie and, and Triple H, you know, held it, and, you know, people weren't really with it, like, people weren't <coughs> really with him being the main guy, the main focal point, but then when he was a heel, people weren't really with it, and he just got that raw heat. But even as a babyface, he would get raw heat sometimes if he had that title. He's always better as a heel. Okay. To be like excited for his comeback, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like in the past five years, his best run was with Cesaro as a tag team. That that's just me. Like I, I feel like that was his best run. Him going as a singles competitor. Not having Cesaro with him and both on the same show, it really doesn't make sense. Like now it's like, damn, why the fuck is Cesaro with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura? Or unless they're gonna put Sheamus with them and form some type of some type of alliance there. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I me, I'm just like whatever. All right, cool. Sheamus is back. All right. You know, like I'm not too hyped about it. All
2: right. Let's see what happens. I mean, I, I I do see the people hyped about it, so. I am I, you know I was kind of curious like what the fuck was does anybody even give a fuck
1: but yeah, see what happens. Let's see what happens, bro, and um before we let go for for this episode, I know there was a match that you were viewing this week, and you had questions about
2: it. well, real quick before we get on smackdown, I wanted to um I wanted to give a shout out to elias, Elias was looking good, bro was looking like they was giving him a nice little push. And I you know, he came out with Shorty. What's her name? Dana Brooke. And I know she got that thing going on with Batista. Batista. So I'm wondering like if they're gonna start pushing that for maybe Elias versus Batista. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I could see something like that going
1: down. I mean Well like Batista not liking Elias being close to Shorty. Yeah. Okay. I could see yeah why not? I don't know. That was just I mean Batista I had. had his his farewell match against Triple H uh, oh, at yeah, WrestleMania right. this year. Oh, so, that was
2: considered a farewell. Yeah,
1: match. that was considered his retirement. These fucking guys never want to retire. I don't know,
2: bro. These guys never want to retire. But um, yeah, bro. So, <clears throat> so basically, I wanted to start this new segment where, because again, like I've been out the loop for like the past seventeen years. Yeah. Eighteen years. Easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, haven't been keeping up with wrestling. I know a lot of dope shit has gone down, so I'm trying to, like, re-educate myself on everything that's happened since I stopped watching. Okay. So, now I got the network, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to just look at WWE. I'm going to look at all the promotions, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to ask for, like, some of the historical shit that was going on when I wasn't watching from, like, New Japan. You know, I'm going to look up, like, the whole shit about the Bullet Club, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm okay. Gonna get, I'm going to get a brush to everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I got the network and I was going through the network and I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch a match, you know, I'm going to watch a random match, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to come on the pod and talk about it. And then basically you can give me insight as to like what was going on and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I can give you my perspective as to like how I'm looking at it through a 2019 perspective not knowing what was really going on around it gotcha okay gotcha so i started with the hulk hogan versus the rock
1: Mm. to me let me just say this to me probably uh, man i would have i would have to say top five not only moment but match in the history of wrestlemania
2: yeah it was it was that enzo interview like he he referenced that match, and it's just like you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm surfing the fucking WWE uh, network, and I'm like yo boom I found it I went to it I watched most of that WrestleMania, and then I ended up forwarding it over to um the match and Hogan. boom so the match starts, um the crowd was fucking like electric yo, they were buzzing crazy <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, were buzzing man. crazy after they came out there was a point where they're just like standing in the ring. And And they're kind of, like, toe-to-toe, and the crowd is just going fucking crazy. And it's like
1: they're soaking it in. Yeah, they
2: just, like, kept looking around, like, in the crowd, like, see the flashes of the fucking pictures. Our cameras um, taking pictures. Like, it was was fucking ill. They stood there for, like, three, four minutes,
1: literally,
2: before anything happened. And, you know, so the build-up to the match was dope. You know what I'm saying? It was, like, classic Hogan. It just made me realize, like, how much wrestling has evolved to where like Hogan he he was so like basic in the ring Yeah, you know what I'm saying like he must have hit the rock with like 50 punches like <laughs> duh! where he, just, he oh. just hits his own hand and see, classic Hogan and the referees like begging him like come on Hogan open Open hand open
0: your hand <laughs> <head, open your laughs> <head, laughs> Hogan for the love of God
2: <laughs> like, he's fucking yo shout out to that ref I forgot to look up his name like he he did his thing <laughs> he did his fucking thing like he was talking so much to Hogan during that match but yeah. so whatever like he was getting the best of the rock they kept locking up Hogan starts doing his fucking classic poses and shit the crowd is going crazy it was a dope match like <laughs> Hogan was in his fucking basic wrestling move bag I started just writing I started looking at no I'll tell you. he stretched them out with the abdominal abdominal
1: stretch. stretch yeah he hit him with the rake yeah but like the, how you uh-huh. break the rock <laughs> those <laughs> he, are heel moves and he's been doing that since he was even when he was face he used to do that remember he did while he he was choking them he took off his yeah. truck, the tape
2: from his wristband and he started used to choking yo,
1: he used to do that when he was a face yo. when he was a baby
2: face bro. he did the shit with the with his boot the mm-hmm. boot in the eye like yep. Yo, he went in. Hogan was in his fucking bag. I was like, Yo, this is crazy.
1: Oh, but so <clears throat> my bad. But going back to who you said who refed it, it was the God Mike Chioda.
2: Yo, shout out to Mike Chioda, <laughs>
1: man. He did his fucking <laughs>
2: thing, thing, thing that
1: night. Right. So
2: whatever. At the end, man, um, the Rock hit him with the Rock Bottom. Hogan kicked out and did that. Hogan aggression shit where he shakes his little side hairs and starts pumping his fists. Yo. <laughs> side hairs. Hit the him extensions. with a big boot, drop the leg drop on him, and the rock kicked out. Yo, yeah, when the rock kicked out, that shit caught me off guard, bro. <laughs> because Hogan did the whole routine, bro. From the upset, And it didn't work. Pointed at him, leg drop, big boot, all that. And the singer kicked out. Bro, that shit called me off guard. I can't front
1: Yeah. It.
2: Yeah. So when The Rock, like... I, and I knew The People's Elbow was coming, man. When, the, when he did The People's Elbow, it was a dope finish. It was, it was a dope match. Like, watching it, I was, like, surprised that I was, like, so into it. I was into that match.
1: Yes, yes. I was
2: into that fucking match. Like, yeah, so what the fuck? How the fuck did Hogan and The Rock even... Begin to fucking
1: so, all right, like be, like how that whole thing be, or like the genesis of that basically, right? Yeah,
2: like I mean I know there was like all the biggest icon like Hogan was on that biggest icon
1: shit. But... Yeah. So at that moment, the NWO had just came back, basically. Hogan, Nash, and Hall came back to the WWE, like. Vince McMahon was on this shit like, yo, I can't take control of this. Austin, you're going nuts. He's like, I'm going to bring people back that people think I'm crazy to bring back. Because like Mm -hmm. yo, at that moment, you got to understand the real life situation of that moment. Nobody wanted Hogan back. Like the locker room at that moment hated Hulk Hogan, but hated them as a whole because they heard about what they did in WCW, how... They manipulated storylines, how they were actually the people booking certain stories and shit like that, and hated Hogan. Hogan was hated by McMahon's children and Stephanie and Shane okay. because Hogan was supposed to be the, the WWFD lifer, but he left for WCW, and when he left the WCW before that, he testified against Vic, Vince McMahon. During the steroid scandal that WWF was going through at that moment. There was a a point in time where Vince was about to do some numbers, my nigga. If he didn't didn't beat that case. Because Hogan was pointing fingers? Not even Hogan, but a whole bunch of niggas was pointing. But Hogan was the star witness. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So this, this, the bad blood that was going on when they came back was from shit that happened eight years prior to that. You know what I'm saying? So with all that being said, Hogan came back. You know they had like the like the, the NWO and WWF wasn't what it was in WCW. Everybody knew that wasn't going to be the case. Right. So with like I said, with that being said, in February, with four weeks, almost approximately four weeks to build to WrestleMania 18, The Rock is looking for somebody. to 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 match up with, calls out Hulk Hogan, talks about how he looked up to him and he was that nigga and all this other shit, but but you turned your back on the fans. Hulk Hogan said that the fans turned their back on him. Mm. That's why he left WWE. That's why he, yo, that's why and all this other shit. So then Rock was like, nah, nigga, you turned your back on us. You forgot what you did, like, subliminally telling him you a snitch. You know what I'm saying? You fucked up. So how about this? How about it's icon versus icon? And this is is one I'm talking about. Shout out to Dream Match Wrestling out there doing his thing. Got some shit going on. But besides that, this right here is a fucking real Dream Match. This right here is taking two generations of pro wrestling and meeting them in a new generation you will never see that again never cuz who who would have thought in 2001 if i'm not mistaken it was 2001 2002 when wrestlemania 18 came around that we were going to get hogan versus the rock not me as big as the rock was like i know austin was there and I'm not comparing nobody else to The Rock but Austin at that moment because nobody else was bigger than those two within WWE, for sure. And then you get the biggest name in not only companies, but in pro wrestling as a whole, in Hulk Hogan, to come out and do a match. Like Everybody's like, yo, it should have been Austin and Austin and Hogan. But from when I was listening to Bruce Pritchard, he said Austin and Hogan was the second plan. He's like, Austin and Rock was just too easy to do, so why not just do it? And we only had a month to do it. But Austin and Hogan, they wanted a full year build. They wanted to tell a story within it mm-hmm. for the next WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But then Austin, as they said at the moment, took his ball and went home. He quit. So that, that, that's, that's a story for another day. So this gets built. And the way they build it, they build it through every. TV series they had, they built it through Raw and SmackDown, doom, doom, doom. there was always something else happening, something else happening, and it was just Hogan trying to devalue the rock, trying to make him weak going up to WrestleMania, like fucking beating the shit out of him, putting him in an ambulance, and, and driving a fucking 18-wheeler through the ambulance, like, you know, doing some wild, crazy shit. I saw that shit. You know what I'm saying? Trying to take this nigga's life before fucking WrestleMania came around trying to make him weak, and that was the shit. It was like Hogan taking advantage. Hogan being Hollywood, the Hollywood heel, and taking every advantage he needs to get in order to beat The Rock. Now, this is something that has came out years later, that Rock Rock, and Hogan, they, they went through the match, and Hogan's like, it was me, Rock, uh, Pat Patterson, and Rocky Johnson was The Rock's dad. And he was—we were going through the match, and Hogan's like, "You really want to do it like that?" He's like, "Ah, right, you know what? I'm the heel, and you're the face." So like, but the crowd changed it. The crowd made Hogan the face and Rock the heel. Like we started getting "Die Rocky, Die" chants, and that shit hasn't been heard in, in in a couple of years before that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we're getting all that shit going, and on the fly, and being Hogan, say he's like, "Yo, this is why Rock is one of the best to do it." He's like. As a young dude, he knew how to turn the match with me. So we turned it to where I was the face and he was the heel, and we did the match totally different from what we had already planned. Mm-hmm. So they fed off the crowd. They fed off the crowd and went with it. And this is why this match is so That's it's lying. so it, it's so important, especially to the young generation, to look at. After you, after you hear, like, people going on either podcasts or interviews and talk about this match, especially the people that's in the match and had something to do with it, whether it be the agents in the back or whoever it was, it's great for young talent to view this match as a tool in order to tell a story in the ring. They only have four weeks. Now, if you look at it, a lot of matches, they only have four weeks to tell a story or maybe even shorter. Just them telling the story... It, it it takes a it takes a special talent nowadays you know what I'm saying because a lot like like you know like drew McIntyre said like what we said in the beginning of the podcast like a lot of people' probably probably just becoming complacent within their 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 place within the company and it's just it's a lot to it's a lot to do and then it's a lot of people just working together and making the story what it is yeah I mean with Hogan's
2: basic ass moves in the ring yeah he definitely told a story. He definitely got that shit off. He definitely had me engaged, and he was entertaining. Like, it's not all. It's not always about flipping and doing all these different type of suplexes and all these different type of. Like, sometimes you could be basic, and you could you could be great. And it's just like, a, it's like Enzo. Like, it's you know just the way Enzo you too. display yourself. You know, what I saying? went back and I'm I'm starting to watch some some old school Enzo shit, just cause bro, that that one promo you showed me where
1: where his uh, shit where he came out the, day, the debut yeah and you
2: can't teach th- yo bro that shit is that shit is fire and then the whole crowd knows if it, that shit is fire that that followed shit, him from NXT I don't know if he's from Staten Island but he sounds like he's from fucking Staten Island nah, he's, New York, he's originally Island,
1: New York. he's originally from Jersey but yeah alright You know,
2: I could definitely see that yeah um <clears throat> but yeah man it was a great match I'm glad I went back and watched it um and yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about none of the shit you was talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so
1: next week I'll come back with some other shit. You, uh, you know want to tell the viewers what we coming back with next week then? Uh, what are we coming back with next week? What other match are you gonna
2: follow, like? Oh, so I, 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 you talking about Jericho? Okay, yeah, talk about it. Oh, nigga, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> nigga, I'm asking you. What's gonna be what? What's the gonna, next week? Yeah, what's what gonna be the match you follow for next week? You're just gonna have to tune in, to find <laughs> I out. I think you. I think you told him already, though.
2: <laughs> well, I said Jericho, but we don't know what it is. <laughs> all right, there you go, there you Would go. Would it be New Japan Jericho? Would it be WCW Jericho?
1: You never know. <laughs> all right, all right, um, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed. This episode of the Twenty by Twenty podcast, and of course next week we'll be back over here, same time, same place. And uh, what do you think we should put down for the uh, song of the pod? Uh, Let's
2: we'll put something off that Max B album, or I,
1: I already had, a, I already had like a, a song for Max B and the uh, fat Joe. I just don't know which one to put. The Whiz one for the Max B. It was either the Wiz joint. Or I'll tell you right now, I can't remember the name of this shit real quick. I just I was just listening to it this morning. But yo, that Max beat, house money, fire, bro. So fire. The joint he got with uh camera on the Davies. Mm. Uh, or maybe even the joint he got with A-Boogie. Alright,
2: yo, shout out to A-Boogie, shout word out, out to
1: the BX. Word up, word up. Hi Bridge, what up, what up? But yes, this is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly. And it's
2: the Young King. <laughs> 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 Yo, shout out to
1: everybody, man. Peace,
2: man. One. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Boss on shit for
0: that ass. Yeah. My favorite rappers was Pop, Biggie, J Nines and 50 Cent, N.W.A., yeah Screaming fuck cops before them niggas My older brother had me pulling the trigger, yeah Every day I was running from the law Hit out on the competition, I'm coming for the mall, yeah caught his ass slipping, coming from the mall He has kids, so I let him live, but If I see him again, he wouldn't get a pass Baby want that jello tip, putting in the ass, yeah Splash, Splash. duffel full of cash You ever speak speakin' my name, I'm coming for you fast You niggas be lollipops, yeah. cotton candy Colder than winter, hot as Miami The musical mercenary is back Lyrical nigga, please, I'm murdering you motherfuckers I make a memories, yeah You can run with us or get run over yeah. No one slippin', we get no done yeah. 44 on the holster. Baby, you can climb my shoulder. They said we'd have a trip. Look out the window where the lyrics a better view. They show you It's open for you niggas voice, Goodbye, nigga. goodbye, goodbye, up. goodbye, uh, goodbye yeah. uh, Run with us and give run over. All, over. over all you niggas are Dodgers Come to Coca, I'm your broker. broker I be having it like so Sosa Scarface Shipping it down to Dover Delaware That's what got me The crib and Florida. I, I ain't wearing No fashion over Faggot Y'all niggas Should have a cho Pussy Y'all niggas to dun to dun yep. I play the back, but I love the front. Huh. You know exactly where we from. Wifey here getting done. Got an eight ball in a bun. Uh oh. then Cam, go. Me and Charlie Rambo. 40th and Lennox. We play human commando. We need it, Luchini. No camp, low. Yo, Max, I don't think they understand. No. Run with us again, run over. No more sleeping. We get now done. 44 on the Baby, you can we sure we doing what they said we'd never do. Look out the window with the layer is a better view. It's over before you niggas. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I'm a boss, I'm a guard,
1: taking pictures for the soul, stripping souls, foreign cars, maneuver with my bra, out my mind for real, I be in the Uber with a bomb, got the drop where you live and make you go moving with your mom, this 40 and make you backflip, my young bitch dropped out of school but she do my taxes, I'm on 40 if knocking max shit, i starving, can't believe they really try to feed me with rations, I'm the hottest to come up out Manhattan, since with passing, all day I see cameras flashing, dirt gang we bandana flagging, no talk we demanding action, give a fuck what your man be asking, you was the toughest, them shots went off in you. You ran the fastest, vacationing down in Florida, they caught them in Tampa, Lacking. Bigger Bell, when you come home, they got to bring grand crew back. I just need a location to move it, I can move that. Niggas singing like Drew Hale before we even drew that. They violated, couldn't recognize them, they like, who that? Pray that my nigga shoot my back shoot. I
0: should get over. Yeah. No more sleeping, we get no yeah. 44 on the holster. Baby, you can climb my shoulder. Yeah. We doing what they said, we never do. Look out the window with a layer, it's a better view. It's over for you niggas, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.